JPR Group Podcast, brought to you by the JPR Group of Baird Private Wealth Management. We're dedicated to bringing our clients, colleagues, and centers of influence the latest in wealth strategies, ideas, and information to keep you informed and confident. Also, listen in on conversations with industry leaders and interesting people from around the country that are changing the landscape of their businesses. This is the JPR Podcast. Welcome back to the JPR podcast. This is your host today, Sean Perry, and I am uh, so excited to have with us Michael Antonelli. Uh, Michael is a market strategist with Baird, uh, writes regularly on a blog called The Bull and Bear. Bull and Baird, and uh, we can talk a little bit more about that here in just a second. So uh, I'm going to dive right in and just get to talking to Michael. So, hey, Michael, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Sean, I'm, I'm excited to be here with you guys. This is, uh, this is a new world, so it's, it's good to see you. Yeah, you too. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your background, because I think you ended up in this market strategist, author, writing role, sort of unique, where you came off of the trading floor. So could you talk just a little bit about that? Yeah, so I, uh, I've been with Baird about 13 years, and 12 of the 13 years I spent as an as a, uh, institutional equity trader. And, well, institutional equity trader, that basically means that I helped uh, institutions buy and sell stocks. So if you, if you invest with a Fidelity or T. Rowe or a pension fund or something, they have to invest that money in the stock market. And they use institutional equity traders across the street to kind of help them execute their mandate. So I did that for a while. And then I essentially, along the way, started writing a daily email for people that was a way to kind of convey what happened in the world overnight. And it was like your typical email. It was kind of garbage. You know, this happened in the media, this happened in the news. But, but I decided to start writing it a little more creatively, a little more history, a little more pop culture, stuff like that. And it kind of grew and grew and it turned into what, what's the bull and bared blog right now. Um, and I kind of left institutional equity trading in, at the end of December 2018 and joined Private Wealth because I thought, it would be a good time to bring that, that kind of subset of knowledge about how the market works and how it really doesn't work and how trading works and how it doesn't work and bring that along with a real behavioral finance background to our, to our, to our advisors and their clients. And that's when I joined Private Wealth in pretty much January of 2019. So it was, uh, it's been about a year and I, and I write uh, on a blog and I speak and I, I, I go out and meet with advisors and their clients and just trying to relay what's going on in the market and help them think about investing in, a, in fun and unique ways. Yeah. And for our clients that are tuned in, uh, Michael's actually scheduled to be with us at our CMO at the end of July. So we will stay tuned on that and we'll see how that plays out. Um, so just talk a little bit about, you know, current market, we're, we're seeing quite a bit of a rally in the equity markets, maybe even more than I think some would have anticipated coming off of the lows we saw mid-March. So just give us a little about, bit on what you're thinking around yeah. that. I think one thing that we have to do is just be honest with ourselves about what we just went through in the, in the month of March 2020. I think history will look back on it and it will call it the crash of 20. Um, we had the crash of 87. I think it, it will be either, you know, dubbed the COVID crash or the Corona crash or, uh, but, but we did basically go through a market crash in March. Let me just tick off a couple things that happened. It was the fastest bear market from a peak in history. Uh, it was the worst quarter for stocks since the global financial crisis. Um, two of the six worst daily losses in all time 
for the Dow Jones Industrial Habit, uh, Average happened in March. Uh, and we had levels of volatility that surpassed the Great Depression. So there, it was a really, really wild, wild few weeks uh, in the middle of March. And when crashes happen in stock markets, they tend to get very emotional. Human emotions start to take over from technicals and, and, and strategy and all these things. So we crashed. We crashed 35% from the high and one of the fastest moves in history. And what we're experiencing right now is what's called the relief bounce. The relief bounce is the, the notion that the world didn't end. You know, the, the crashes, the world is ending, the bounce is, well, it, it didn't end. Things don't seem to be as bad as I thought. So you get this, what's called a relief bounce. And that's kind of what we're in the middle of right now. We're in this, you know, up about 20% from the low bounce as people start to say, well, maybe maybe you know the economy is not going to go into a depression or maybe the virus isn't going to kill more people than we thought so this relief bounce that we're in is important because it kind of relieves some of the stress that the investors were feeling in the market now whether the low is in or not remains to be seen in most cases uh the market in a bear market which is what we're in now markets generally don't bounce back in 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 rapid fashion in fact since the mid-19th century there's never been a bear market that bounced back in less than three months. So it's never happened before. So it, we're, we're kind of still watching the market. We're in the relief bounce right now, whether we retest the lows, kind of will depend on the evolution of the virus. What about, I mean, if you're the average retail investor out there right now and you're kind of looking at the, the market, you're looking at news, um, what would you, you know, what would you tell you know, the, the average client, if you had a chance to sit down with them and, and talk to them about what we've been through. Yeah, I, I would say, number one, that this, this episode will have taught people a lot about their kind of risk tolerance. If, if you were in a 100% equity portfolio in January this year and you were in a 10-year bull market and you felt great about yourself and it fell 35% in, in basically two weeks, you'll probably come out of this and say, maybe I shouldn't have been in 100% equities. I think people will learn a little bit about their risk tolerance. But one thing I want to say about what we do as both market strategists and wealth advisors, uh, uh, financial advisors, is that we help people understand that what's the most important is their time horizon, their ability to sleep at night. If I told you that a 60-40 portfolio, which is kind of the run-of-the-mill diversified portfolio, 60% stocks, 40% bonds, was only down 12% year to date. That shouldn't surprise you because diversified portfolios are doing what they're supposed to do and that is mitigate some of the worst case scenarios. So I would tell them something that I learned in 2008 which is a painful lesson to me that what you see in the news and on the media and, and, and on CNBC and, and when you talk to your friends, that's not how most people are reacting. That's but the institutions I used to deal with were buying and selling stock for the next week or, or day or month. You know, one of the biggest failures of investors is that they leave their playing field, which is their plan and their horizon. One of the biggest failures of investors is that they leave that playing field for a different playing field, the playing field of the institutions that, that trade for a day or a week. That is always the biggest failure of investors in times like these. So I would say, be able to put your head down on your pillow at night, i.e. 
do you have the right allocation? And I'm one of these people that thinks asset allocation is more important than security selection. Do you have the right asset allocation? And number two, don't leave the lifeboat that you're in. Your diversified portfolio is the lifeboat. Why jump into the icy waters now? The, the advisor created the, the lifeboat for you specifically. Don't, don't leave your game for somebody else's game. Don't leave the lifeboat. I love that. I wrote that down. So <clears throat> thank you. Um, a couple things that people probably don't know about you is um, you've been doing something called the daily good news post. So for all uh, employees that sign up for it for Bayard, it's a random group of uh, just positive articles, but also really funny things. So just tell me what, how that started and, and chat a little and talk a little bit about that. So there, you know, I'm, I'm a human being, you're a human being, all of our clients and the people listening to this podcast are, are human beings. There were, there was a couple days, I, I will readily admit in, in kind of when this was all really in the throes of it, that, that I had some dark moments. I, I was like, the, the, the world seems to be coming unraveled. There's this virus, the market's crashing. The news is as bleak as I've ever seen it. Twitter, which is, which, which is a place that I frequent quite a bit. I'm one of Baird's biggest Twitter accounts. It was just filled with people posting articles about death rates and, 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 and nothing but negative news. And I sat at my, my new office, which is in my basement, and then I really started racking my brain saying, I can't handle this level of negativity. I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to not only infect me, but it's going to infect my family. And, and I just I got to a breaking point and I said, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to... I'm going to purposely seek out good news and good news can be anything from a picture on the internet or a funny video or um, a family member who's singing to other family members from quarantine. I, I'm going to seek it out and I'm going to share it with my friends and my coworkers and my teammates because as a market strategist, I like talking about the markets to advisors and to the media and, and on Twitter and to our clients. But, you know, human beings can only take so much market commentary. They can only take so much technical analysis and fundamental analysis and market commentary. I wanted to be one of the people that when, when, when this era ends and, and our, my teammates and my firm look back on it, they said, Michael and the, and the two people that helped me put this email together did their best to keep our spirits up through the tough times. And that's what this daily good news email has become. And our advisors they get it in their inbox and it's, it, they can send it to their clients if they want. If they have clients that they think need to pick me up on a daily basis, they can send it to them. And, and I want it to be a beacon of optimism. Even though I, I, I understand the difficulties that we face, both from a medical and a financial perspective, I'm not trying to be Pollyanna. I just want to be somebody who, who makes people smile for a moment because we're all human beings. We can't take an endless onslaught of negative news. And, and it became... One of my success, most successful things I produced, I think I have a thousand people on it now. Our firm has a little over 4,000 people. I got a quarter of the firm to sign up right away. So um, I'm proud of it. I have a, two teammates that work with me, Ross Mayfield and Lilith Wood, who helped me put it together. And we're going to keep doing it as long as, as long as we need to, as long as to get um, both our clients and our teammates through this kind of dark time. Yeah, well, I can tell you that I've enjoyed it and our team is enjoying it. Um, even my kids, my son is like, hey, can we look at that Daily Good News blog? So uh, I think yeah, it all started with the picture that showed um, where are you going next month? And it was just the word nowhere, 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 everywhere, except in the middle. It said absolutely. And I mean, I just 
<laughs> I laughed for like two straight hours at that. So yeah. I, uh, I appreciate it for sure. Um, one of the things that's in there that's actually in today's is you, you were trying out a new dad joke. So I've got a dad joke I'll share with you and then I'll let you try yours out on, uh, yep. on the podcast. The yep. podcast. So the favorite one around our house is why was the little strawberry crying? Uh, why? Cause his mom and dad were in a jam. <laughs> All right, listen, I'm, I am a huge fan of dad jokes. I, <laughs> One of the sections in my in our good news email is I'm trying out dad jokes. The one I tried out today was, uh, uh, what was my dad joke today? It was, uh, I've never, I'd never date a tennis player. Why? Love means nothing to them, which I thought was just a <laughs> dad joke. <laughs> I thought it was great. I thought it was great. A couple more things. You wrote a blog post, and I mentioned this earlier before we started, on March 13th, that was a little, like, something you wouldn't expect to see an advisory firm put out, but it was, um, you were, you were writing, um, I think you titled it uh, a lesson for my youth saving for your future is important, but don't forget to live too. And I love this quote in the middle. You said you were talking about if you could teach your younger self something, it says your, your younger self is telling you, Michael, for God's sake, work out more. You look like a pile of melted ice cream. Also, life isn't experienced on a balance sheet. It's not crafted with a formula, and it's not about making the optimal financial decisions at every moment. It's about time spent with family and friends, experiencing what the world has to offer, laughing, crying, saving, spending, sitting at a corner bistro, sipping a glass of Bordeaux while listening to French accents flutter through the air. And then you said, my advice to you would be this. Trade some of your older years for some of your younger years. Don't be so hyper-focused on saving that you forget to live. And I think that's a message that's really going to resonate coming out of this for a lot of people. Um, so I, I would, I would transition from that and just kind of ask you, like, what do you, what do you think, like, what would you tell a younger you now and what are you learning through this work at home environment? Yeah, I, um, I, I wrote that it's on bairdwealth.com. If, if you want to try to, I, I have a bunch of articles on there too. You know, you guys can seek them out or your advisors can, can get them for you. Um, I wrote it initially because, you know, in our jobs, we, we speak with younger clients, we speak with older clients, most of it's about savings and, and, and controlling spending and investing. And I wanted to relay a lesson from my youth, which was, you know, I remember when I was in my 20s, thinking, oh, now's the most important time for me to save, I, I, I want compounding to work on my side. Uh, I, I know that the time value of money is in my favor. But my friends were going to Paris, and I knew that I had to put some money aside to do that. And I was going to specifically take it from my savings, because I didn't want to miss this moment with my friends in, in Paris. And like you said, I, I think on the other side of this, maybe that lesson's important too. We're all scrimping and saving right now because we don't know what, our, what the economic future looks like or um, we don't know what the market's going to do. So we're all kind of probably hyper-focused on our, our expenses right now and, and sticking with our plans. But I'm telling you, on the other side of this, I will more than anybody want to get out and, and go do something I've never done before because as I sit in my basement and I help support our advisors and I, and I write content for them, I, I miss kind of new experiences. I, I know that, that this is probably temporary and, and, and on the other side of it, I want to have a new experience that maybe I didn't have. And, and even if it's going to set me back some money that, that I might have otherwise been saving for a home improvement project or, 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 or another kind of goal of mine, you know, maybe, maybe a trip with my family to, um, to, to Disney or maybe a trip with my family 
to go see Yellowstone will bring me multiples of mental investment returns, if you will. Yes, I'm foregoing some dollar amount, and, and that's important to, to recognize, but I'm going to get multiples of investment return in my mind. And, and this is teaching me from my basement that I need to embrace all those moments. As much as I embrace savings and spending and following my advisor's plan, I, I need to embrace, and I want our clients to embrace the mental investments in, in their experiences with family and friends and spouses or whatever, because those are just as relevant in, in life as stocks and bonds are. A uh, couple more things here at the end, just a, a lightning round of, of questions, a few questions just so people could maybe understand you a little bit better to gain a little bit of knowledge. What about um, something you've read, a book you've read in the last year that you thought was something you'd want to share? So I'm a big history buff. Um, uh, I'm a huge history buff. So I'm a big World War II history buff. I think there's a lot of lessons from World War II that um, resonate nowadays, especially. Um, Stephen Ambrose is one of my favorite authors. I reread a book on D-Day that he wrote. D-Day, is, I think, is one of the seminal moments in human history. Uh, I, I think most of Western civilization came down to one day, one, one event. Um, and, and I'll just give you a brief, brief lesson that I learned out of, out of the book that, that I really enjoyed was that D-Day, uh, D-Day was about to fail after the first few waves at the beach. There, there was, they were all over the place. Uh, the initial waves were slaughtered. Um, command and control was all scattered. The only reason that, that D-Day put itself together in, within the first few hours is that small little groups of people got together and decided that they were just going to accomplish a goal on their own, right? Irregardless of what the overarching battle plan was, little groups cobbled together and, and a leader showed up and they went and said, I'm going to take that hill. I'm going to take that pillbox. I'm going to go do this on my own. And when you think about uh, success of organizations, when you think about success nowadays, little teams doing things on their own, adding up will, will, be, will, will be what determines our success in, in assaulting the virus, little teams of vaccine workers, little teams of advisors, little teams that are all decentralized will work together to accomplish a little goal. And all those little goals will be, um, will add up to us winning. So I think uh, that, 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 that historical reference to me is always very relevant uh, in, in times like these. Interestingly, I'm, I, I'm about halfway through uh, Eric Larson's new book called The Splendid and the Vile, which is about Churchill's first year becoming prime minister. So yeah, Churchill's, right got, Churchill's got so many good quotes that are relevant to, to nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about podcast or, and then that may be podcast and I know you're a big music buff. So what, yeah. what is the, what's the playlist look like in Michael's basement? Yeah. So I, I, I would, I would, uh, uh, I would stress that music is a really important thing nowadays. I find that at night, I can either do two things. I can sit on Twitter and get miserable reading the news, or I can put some earbuds in my ear and relax. And I think that you, you may not know what it is, but I'm a huge fan of Yacht Rock. Yacht Rock is this style of music from the late 70s, early 80s. Um, Michael McDonald, uh, you know, Christopher Cross. Uh, Yacht Rock is very relaxing to me. And, and I even segued to some Bob Marley the other night. I think if, if you just sit in peaceful peaceful, quiet with a little music in your ear. It's much better than just consuming endless uh, virus data. And then I have uh, multiple recommendations for podcasts. Certainly Sean's uh, is amazing. Um, but I am a big pop culture fan. I like to think about pop culture when I write about the markets and, and, um, and on my blog. 
The Rewatchables, which is a podcast from the Ringer Network. They take very famous movies and they just kind of talk through what it was the best parts about the movies. Top Gun, um, Tommy Boy. They did The Karate Kid. They just they just kind of go over famous movies. And, and it's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. And then if you're looking for a really good markets podcast um, that's, not, that's not Baird related, there's one called Animal Spirits. That is uh, a podcast of two friends of mine, Ben Carlson and Michael Batnick. It's really good. They kind of hit on some subjects uh, about what's going on in the markets and in, in investing in finance. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. I listen to it all the time. So um, that's one palm culture and one markets one for you. Um, if you wanted to do a few more in that Ringer Podcast Network, there's one called The Big Picture and one called um, Binge Mode that kind of delve deeper into things like Star Wars or, or movies. But that's kind of the pop culture guy in me. That's great. Well, thank you so much. I, I just really want to thank you for taking the time to be with us today. I, if, if, a question, if there was a question posed to me of like, who is it that you don't know inside Baird that you want to be friends with? I would say Michael Antonelli. Yeah, so that's great. That's your, awesome. your, cool, your cool factor's way up there with me. So I'm <laughs> going to put this as one step closer to, to uh, our friendship becoming a real thing. 100%. 100%. All right, thank cool. You. Thanks for tuning in with us on the JPR podcast. And we'll be back uh, next week with another one. So thank you very much. This podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. And it is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. The information is considered to be from reliable sources, but its accuracy is not guaranteed. The opinions expressed are those of the show's host and guest and are not necessarily those of Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated. Baird does not offer tax or legal advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC.